welcome ladies and gentlemen welcome to another bodacious episode of the greatest podcast inside the milky way 10 toes down it's your pharmaceutical entrepreneurial don dada dr j yo what is good i hope everybody had a wonderful thanksgiving because 2020 has been a doozy and there's so many people out there who are who have been affected by this pandemic so to sit here with your family and friends and eat and be merry is something truly to be thankful for man truly truly thankful but i want to drop a gem for y'all today man five four three two one and go Anything that you've been dreaming about doing, regardless if that's losing weight, if that's starting on your new business venture, if that's starting your vlog, if that's starting your clothing line, getting closer to your spouse or your kids, five, four, three, two, one, and go. Yo, our brains and our mind have a very interesting way of keeping us in homeostasis. That's your scientific word for the day, homeostasis. For for my real ones out there, it just means it's a real interesting way to keep balance. So your brain and your mind is the mastermind of keeping you in balance by all means necessary. So when if we're thinking about anything that may possibly take us out of balance, your brain is going to get kicked into gear to make sure that you do not leave balance, i.e. your job i.e. your finances, i.e. that toxic relationship, i.e. that your toxic friends. What is going to happen is that you're going to be like, you know what? I got this really dope idea. I think it's going to blow. I think it's going to make me happy. I'm going to have more time. I have more money. I'm going to have more everything that I need. So you got five seconds to make a decision to start. And what's going to happen if you don't get to those five seconds, if you pass them five seconds, what's going to happen to your brain? Your brain is going to come up with every single reason why you should not leave balance. Oh, man, you make too much money. Oh, you bought this house. Oh, you this much in debt. No, your friends are too close. No, you love him. You love her. Y'all got kids together. X, Y, Z. No, he was with you when you was down and vice versa. Your brain is going to create every single scenario that has ever happened to you to make sure that you do not leave your state of balance in that moment in life. So make sure, man, when you have an idea, when you have a concept, five, four, three, two, one, and make that move before your brain talks you out of that concept. Man, listen, there is so many things that's happening. Um, that came from this book called The Five Second Rule, which is actually the book of the week. But before we get to all that, man, we're going to cut to a commercial break because we got another interview today, y'all. But I'm going to see y'all in a minute, though. Man, listen, I'm a pharmacist and I still still don't know how insurance works but when i do have questions i always hit up appealing for your rx they're a central florida company that provides education on maximizing your healthcare benefits while also lowering your out-of-pocket costs so hit them up at www.deannacarolsmith.com and use the code name 10 toes down and you might get a discount once again, that's www.deannacarolsmith.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So we know we make monumental moves on the greatest podcast, this side of the Milky Way. And today we have a very, very interesting topic and interesting person. We have an African-American woman 
who is an instructor for firearm safety, something that you just never hear about. And I'm super excited to talk to her today. So we got Miss Tony Hart, who is the operator of Black Girl Shoot out here in Central Florida. What is good, Miss Tony? What's happening? What's happening? How you doing? I am good, man. It's another day in paradise. Just trying to make some things happen in my life. What's been going on? Oh, well, a lot. A lot of things are popping, you know, um, starting off Black Girl Shoot in the uh, Central Florida area. So I'm really excited about that and uh, very appreciative that you have me on your podcast today. Thank you. Uh, no problem. No problem. I just with with COVID going on and, you know, things are going crazy with this election. And I was cruising on Facebook and I saw your advertisements and um, just your page. I was like, Yo, that's really dope to see african-american woman actually doing like firearm safety like that's different like you don't really see that too often so i was like i, mean, I gotta get her on the show and see what she's talking about man <laughs> <laughs> so tell, tell us a little bit about you uh well i got into um firearms and firearm safety because i started working in law enforcement um in 2007. so i started out working with the florida department of corrections and then i crossed over into the law enforcement side where I also worked uh, as a deputy sheriff, police officer, detective, and I'm still in that career field. And what I have found was uh, there are not a lot of, number one, women in law enforcement, African-American women in law enforcement, and we're definitely not represented out at the range uh, as well. Uh, all of my instructors uh, from coming up through the ranks have always been uh, a white male. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes uh, that can be a good thing. Sometimes that it doesn't quite work with, um, you know, different personalities might have some clashes and and everything, because some people automatically assume that, you know, we may have grown up with a gun in our hand or know what we're doing. And I just needed somebody to take take things a little bit slower with me because I was brand new and mm -hmm. handling a firearm. It's a deadly weapon. That's very serious. You know, whereas when you get People can get complacent when they do it every day, all day. They've been born and raised hunting and, and everything like that. And they think that everyone has had those same experiences. And I, for one, did not. So I kind of wanted to, to create a place and a space where women and women of color can feel comfortable to ask any kind of question that they wanted to ask. And no question is dumb uh, and that they can feel comfortable uh, in a shooting environment in there to, to be taught and learn and receive the information without being scared. So. I, mean, I, I get that because when I got mine concealed, um, when I went to the class, I mean, it it was like two of us in there. And then on top of that, like it, it everybody that seemed to be in there was were already like mentally and like physically equipped to know what to do and stuff already. Right. So the instructor was just kind of like going through things quickly just to get the class done. It was just like, oh, I mean, if I end up having to use this thing, I really don't necessarily know what to do properly. So, I mean, that's in your experience, like, does that happen often be because that of that disconnect? That does happen. And what is uh, um, not scary, but what, um, well, I'd say scary for me was when you're on the job and, you know, when you're in training to be a correctional officer or to be a police officer and you've never handled a firearm before, and you're you're rushed through maybe a two week course. That's not enough. You know, you have to be outside of that practice on your own. And you also have to have someone there not only to practice, but to show you on your own. You know, you get the basics. But beyond that, you have to be comfortable enough to 
know where the ranges are to go to, know what time to go, know what you're doing when you get there. And sometimes you just need an extra person to help you along the way to do that. So, so, but before you got into law enforcement, was that your first time handling a firearm or were you equipped before that? Very, very first time. Uh, when I started into law enforcement, I knew that I was going to have to go through academy and everything and get the proper training. And so um, my oldest daughter, her dad, he was uh, very much into firearms. And so he took me out to the range. And uh, that was my first time shooting a gun with him mm. ever, you know, and uh, that was back in 2007. Mm. But even then, I wasn't really, you know, I just did it because I knew I needed to do it for the job purpose, you know, for the job. Um it wasn't until I uh, started uh, bringing my own kids and going to the range and that I really, really got into it and seeing that my children were interested in it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of made it like a little hobby for ourselves. So, right. I mean, that's that's dope. So with like because I believe there's a huge disconnect amongst African-Americans and let's let's say our white counterparts, because even when I go to the range, there is not a lot of us in there, but our counterparts are lined up like they they have several guns, several, you know, packs, several boxes, whatever the case is, cases, everything. So, like, you know, why why do you think there is such a a disconnect amongst firearm safety and just overall like fire firearm education amongst us? Well, I think because, you know, through history and in the past, you know, the right to to bear arms was denied for us for so long. And then when we were given the right, there were still even other laws like Jim Crow and everything in place to still keep firearms away from us. So and then, of course, a, a, a black person being in possession of a firearm, that's also a negative. And I think in our community, we're just scared because mm-hmm. so much. Um, negativity and in death basis basically that that comes along with when somebody sees a black person holding a firearm it's and we could be standing next to a white person holding a firearm yet we're still looked at as the major threat instead of just a person that has a a, is a gun enthusiast and has a love for guns just as our white counterparts Mm. so i think that that is because we're we we don't show up enough and we're not out there enough for them to get become comfortable with seeing us holding a firearm. Right. You know, we have to, we just as they're out there hunting and, and, and doing everything, you know, openly carrying, walking down the street with a rifle or a loaded firearm, we should be comfortable enough to do the same thing. But unfortunately, when they see us, they automatically think savage fear, you know, we're doing something wrong. And we somehow or another, I want that to change. I want that shift to change. So in, in your, in your business is is that something that you try to when i say promote i want to say try to educate more like get the education piece behind it because i feel like like you mentioned a lot of us are probably scared because we're uneducated about the process so we don't necessarily know how to handle ourselves to conduct ourselves maybe out of frustration maybe uh yeah in my in the course that i give uh, i i have included a a history of um gun ownership in the African-American community, in the black community, because I think it's important for people to know how how far we have come to be able to be to carry these firearms. And it's not taught in schools. There's certain parts of history that are just 
not taught in schools um, as far as, you know, the rights that Blacks have been denied and everything. And um, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an educator at, at in no way, shape or form. But I just think it's important that uh, the history of gun ownership in our community needs to be known so that we can become comfortable. Like we we needed a, a firearm to feed to have to feed our family. Like you couldn't go out and hunt. You couldn't feed your family if you if you didn't have a firearm. You know, right. it wasn't like they had grocery stores where you could go buy your meat and everything back then. You needed right. to have a gun to go out and hunt to feed your family. You needed to have a gun to protect yourself from, you know, bears and intruders and everything to protect your family. Mm-hmm. So, so it was very important that if we were denied having a gun and could be shot and killed on site for even being in possession of one, how did one survive and protect protect themselves? You know, and mm. I don't that we don't we don't think that far back. But I, we need to. I I'm that person. I didn't think that far back, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't either until I started getting into it and researching it. And it's like, dang, you know what? Yes, like it's not like we had grocery stores that we could walk into. Right. We didn't kill something with our bare hands. You know, we didn't go. We couldn't go hunting. We got here, here with sticks and bats and stuff. That's yeah. what, that's crazy. You know, so um, I don't know if I maybe I got off topic, but no, no, you're good. No, you're <laughs> good. <laughs> so, so with, with Black Girl Shoot, um, tell me like exactly how that got started. So you was like, you know, I'm in law enforcement. I see the disparity. What made me? What made you think? Okay, like, all right, let me let me really do something. Like, what was that turning point for you? Um, I would say after I had experienced, um, you know, personally, some sort of violence against myself and I wanted, really wanted to feel uh, out, when I was outside of a uniform, safe and secure. And when I would go to gun ranges in the area, in the Central Florida area, uh, and I would walk in and it would just, you know, be like a taxidermy shop. You know, you had heads of buffalo and deer and everything right. <laughs> um, it was just like it, it just wasn't me i just didn't right. i didn't i didn't ever feel comfortable in those kind of environments and i always said like dang you know i really wish that there was a place for somebody like me mm. and in my search i didn't find anything and it had always been a goal of mine to start something like this. But of course, you know, you have work and more work and your kids and family and everything. And uh, with the pandemic um, for 2020 slowing everybody down, I said, you know what? <laughs> now is a good time to try and launch this. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that I was prepared. I wanted to make sure that I had my proper training, my credentials in place. Um, to make sure that so that somebody coming to me doesn't just say, well, oh, this is just a black girl trying to get a lick, you know, no, you know, I am certified in law, dual certified corrections and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I'm also an instructor uh, with FDLE, um, Criminal Justice Standards and Training Commission. You know, I, I'm an NRA instructor as well. I wanted to make sure that I was prepared so that people will know like, okay, this is a woman that has done her done her due diligence to get herself ready so that I can properly train and inform another person. I hear that black girl magic. I'm with that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I would hate to put out a product and not, you know, or try to talk about something that I personally haven't gone through or that I haven't experienced. You know, this, this didn't happen overnight for me. I've been doing this since 2007. Right. So, 
So with you getting all your credentials to make sure that you were like, you know, good to go, has it has it still been a struggle being a black woman in this, I guess, dominated male, white male like profession? Like, is it how's it been that transition? Yes, it has. Um, however, as I've been meeting, you know, going into classes, it's it's very common for me to be the only black person in the room. And it's very common for me to be the only black woman in the room. So you definitely have to know how to speak to people, how to make alliances. And when doing that um, and, and not be afraid to go up and ask, not be afraid to play, hey, you know, well, how did you do this or do that? Uh, and along the way, I have come in contact with some other um, people in the African-American community that are also starting with firearm safety and training. And um, there's the Black Lions Gun Club, which is out uh, on the West Coast. Um, area you know they've been very very helpful and informative to me that's uh, awesome started yeah uh because just like how i feel you know we need we need to be represented more you know and we can't just lift up and not look back and lift somebody else up and luckily i've come in contact with a few people that have definitely been trying to help me along the way especially like yourself you know mm -hmm. getting the word out there no. That's amazing. I mean, that's what it's all about, though. I mean, I think when we we have this, I guess, in the African-American community, we have this thing like we once we make it, we don't look back like you don't you don't look back to the hood. We go to the suburbs or we get these high credentials. We get these things in front of our names and behind our names. And that's it. Like, but it's, it's all about taking that step back to look back and like, yo, you know what? I see you. Come on. You know, but let me let me let me grab you. And so I can so I can take you on the walk with me. Yes, yes. Um, and then, um, like I said, Black Lions Gun Club. And then I found out about the National African American Gun Association, which is called NAGA. Uh, they reached out to me to um, see if I would like to be added as one of their um, gun clubs that are in the area. Hey. You know, they, yeah. And, and that's in, it's almost like the black version of the NRA. So uh, it's definitely a good resource for people all over the country that if you're looking for a gun club to get involved in in your area, log on to their website and then they can, you know, you can look through their uh, directory to see what's close to you. Okay. You know, we're, we're trying to, the, the network is get, it's, it's built and it's just, it's just needs to be watered and grow, you know, and, and taken care of. So that's what we're all out here trying to do. And I hear that. That's what, it's all, that's what it's all about. Yeah, there's definitely enough room. And um, when I when I saw that uh, the people that I was making contacts with and and they were very open to helping me, I was just like, wow, like this is this is great. You know, like, <laughs> right. Because we're all here for a common goal, like to to bring awareness to our community, to get everybody trained and armed. And it starts at it starts at home and it starts with our kids. You know, our counterparts, they have their children out there with BB, you know, starting with BB guns and, 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 and all of that, you know, not just water guns and playing pew pew with your fingers. Like they're out there. Yeah, they're out there with the little pumps and they yeah. shoot and stuff. They shoot little tin cans. Yeah, they are out there. And uh, we, we can also be out there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what Black Girls Shoot, you you mentioned, I mean, in, when you started everything, it was more you didn't see people as. When you were going to certain places, you didn't see places that represented you. No. So in regards to like black girls shoot with with black women, um, in the atmosphere that you've created, do do you feel like you've been successful in 
portraying what what you felt like was missing for black women in regards to your business and and, and shooting with firearms safety? I would like to, I would like to think so. You know, we we just started. I just started out in June of this year. Okay. And um, I have so many other things that I want to add. You know, but I I, I know that I have to pace myself. I have to try. I want to master this. Get comfortable with doing this and getting getting the momentum going, and mm-hmm. then add on a next portion uh, to my business. Um, I I definitely have a long way to go, mm-hmm. and before I can really say that, you know, this is this is the this is the whole environment of what I've created. <laughs> just the port. This is just a portion of it. This is the start. And I think that I'm off to a good start. Okay. It's still kind of hard for me because, you know, of course, I work a full time job. I still have my kids and everything. And I'm doing this by myself. You know, all of the website development, all of the social media and everything I'm doing on my own. Um, so that, you know, it takes a lot of time and few people are like, oh, well, you're always working. And I'm like, cause you know, my website is a living thing. The social media is a living thing. Like you always have to constantly be making updates, adding things to the feedback of the, the people that have contributed to your business thus far and taking that into consideration and then implementing those changes, you know, that, cause you might think that this works for you, but is it working for the, the, um, per- persons that you serve. Right. So I I do try to uh accom- make accommodations for everyone and I I know I need to like curtail that like I need to say you know what this is the model that we're going to go by but for right now I'm okay with taking suggestions and trying to implement them if they don't work then I will try something else. Mm. So and it's a growing process for me but the ultimate goal at the end of the day is did you shoot? Did you shoot well? And will you be coming back and bringing yourself and others back to learn more about shooting and gun handling? You know, if you did, then thumbs up. <laughs> I hear, I'm glad you. Brought, I'm glad you brought that up. So, has there been like a uptick in like uh, female like concealed licensing because of like COVID and everything that's been going on amongst African American wow. women? Yeah, definitely. I don't know what the numbers are, at, at the exact numbers are. Um, I know I've seen a study, an, an old study back from like 2016 or 17, where it was only like 6% of African-American women were uh, had a license or- Only uh, 6%? Only 6%, but that was years ago. So I'm sure after this and after the think tanks and everybody gets a hold of the data, we'll definitely see an increase in that because mm. I'm now seeing an increase of it when I Google- you know, uh, concealed weapon, African-American, you know, it's like, I see more and more things popping up that I wasn't seeing before, which is, which is really good. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so, and, and the women that I'm seeing, you know, there's one woman in Atlanta, one in Detroit, you know, it's not many, but they're out there. They're still, we're still, you know, working towards getting, uh, everything going. And, um, like I said, NAGA reached out to me and they want to start a, a women's, uh, division within their organization and they reached out to me about that. So I'm really excited to see, you know, where we go in the years to come. It uh, sounds like a lot of opera. It's still a lot of opportunity for your business to grow in this ordeal because it, it doesn't sound like 6% out of the whole population. I mean, it's, it's a lot of black women out there and to say yeah. 6%, I mean, it's, that's a lot of room for growth that can happen. A lot of room. A lot of room. Um, you know, it's my goal to, uh, like I said, starting with the my the gun club that I'm also creating on 
alongside of uh, Black Girl Shoot uh, is to have, you know, meetups and, and um, trainings, you know, all over, you know, where I can fly somewhere because, you know, in, in, in teach and train and then we can have meetups, we can have competitions because, you know, this is it's also a, a competitive sport, you know, right. like right. Many different places that people can go um, 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 in this in this uh, area. So I definitely want us to be a part of that and just, you know, grow as a community and so that people can also, again, get comfortable with seeing people of color bearing arms. It shouldn't be no different than you see a white boy walking down the road with open carry and you see a black boy walking down the road. One should not be of any greater threat than the other if they are both responsible gun owners. Absolutely. You know? Not talking about the criminals because the criminals ain't going to follow the law and order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so being in, so being in law enforcement, um, I mean, you're saying the the difference in like the the danger level or the, the alertness that I guess people have in regards to having uh, seen a black black kid or a white kid or a black male, whatever the case is. So, as a as a police officer. Um, what kind of training, I mean, has, well, I guess what kind of training do officers go through or anybody in law enforcement goes through to kind of help determine that, that line, you know what I mean? Between danger or non-danger or black and white, is it, is there a line or is it just like, I just, whatever I'm feeling at the current moment, so I'm going to go with. Well, there really isn't. And, and that's another thing that I want to also, um, eventually tackle is mm-hmm training that is um, given in, in uh, police academies. Uh, I am an instructor. I do instruct at uh, those kind of academies. And I would, I am really seriously thinking about um, putting together some kind of program, uh, policing in, the, in a black community, policing in African-American community, because it's very, um, I, I have found myself in a lot of situations where things have escalated at the arrival of my other counterparts. And it's like, wait a minute, just calm down. Like everything is cool. Like, you know, to, 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 to bring them to a, to a, a, a space where I'm at to say, it's okay for that person to be upset and angry. They're no, they're not any threat to us because they're mad. You know, they're upset about the situation that they're in mm-hmm. us coming in and taking offense to them being upset we're overstepping our bounds as police officers because now we're putting ourselves in a situation that really that person has every right to be upset. And it, it, and and I have had to say several times, like, calm down, relax. Like, let me go and talk to them and I can go and speak and, and everything be cool. And it's, it's kind of crazy that you have to do that, but that's why we do need to be represented more behind the badge and everything, but that's a whole nother topic. All, all right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we'll be here, we'll here for days talking about reform. <laughs> um, but no, there definitely needs to be some kind of um, training to, to, to bring everyone some kind of diversity training, I guess, to mm. bring everyone, um, especially in, in today's day and time with everything. And I think that working, coming from a correctional environment, going into a law enforcement on the road environment, uh, when you're in corrections, you don't have all the bells and whistles on your, on your belt and everything. All you have is your, is your mouth. You really have to know how to speak to people. And if you know how to speak to people, you can really, a lot of these disturbances, you can really quell a lot of things 
just by talking to somebody. Right. Knowing how to speak and having respect on both on both sides. On both sides, of course. On both sides. Course. And not letting not letting people who are upset trigger you into doing something that you're gonna regret later on. Cause it's like that person can be upset. They're in a situation, they're going through some kind of of stress, they can be upset. It that shouldn't change you and how you're going to police and handle the situation. Right. This is like this is like really interesting to to see an instructor who's also like in law enforcement because there is uh I believe well I've I've met some instructors who are just gun enthusiasts who became instructors and they just enjoy guns, they enjoy shooting, but to have like the training and then the backing and then also like the the profession that's kind of behind it um to kind of help explain the the walkthroughs and the the laws and dynamics of it it's like this this is like awesome because these these are the things that we really don't understand because for me i have my conceal but i don't i don't carry it like i, I my my gun is my gun stays in my drawer i don't keep i don't even carry it in the car only because like what you mentioned is just just because the color of my skin i'm automatically a threat and um i had posted something on facebook like a couple months ago just in regards to knowing what your rights are like and I'm and I'm educated. I've been to college and got a degree X Y Z. I didn't even know what my basic rights and stuff were. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's this is really 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 interesting to um to talk to you about these type of things. And um, I mean, I know we kind of strayed away from a uh, black girl shoot, but I think this is such an important topic that I mean that encompasses the whole business. Yeah. And, but, and, and you also have to give it to um, police officers are just like you and I, where they're just regular folks as well. They don't know everything. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you have an opportunity to educate a police officer on, uh, which is chapter 790, which is our firearms and weapons statute, you know, that should be okay. Because I have to admit, before I got into my business, I couldn't tell you what the statute was. I couldn't tell you because there's so many millions of statutes. You can't right. remember everything. And, you know, I always kept it on my phone, you know, so I could refer to it. But if you know it, if you know what your rights are and then you can say, hey, look, if you just look up this statute, X, Y, Z, you know, you you can learn a lot from people and we can learn a lot from each other. And that that should be okay. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, if, if somebody has, uh, has a gun pointed at you, then, of course, you have to do what you need to do to protect yourself and to protect your community, you know. But just being some out here being trigger happy on both sides mm-hmm. is wrong, you know. So it definitely getting the education. And, and that's something that, again, I teach in my class. I, we go over um, uh, use of force statute. We go over firearms and weapons statute. Um, I also send out links afterwards so that people can, and I tell them, put it on your phone, read over it. You know, when you're in the morning brushing your teeth or anything like that in the car in traffic, look over it, look, look through some things so you, you could just become familiar with it or you at least know where you can find it if you find yourself in a situation that you need to go to it right then and there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, is, I mean, so is, your, is this dedicated to, to black women or is this dedicated to everybody? Okay. It, it, it is for everybody. Matter of fact, I just had a male class. I had three men. Um, hey. Yeah, one, <laughs> one who was in the military, but he still wanted to take the class. 
Uh, and uh, it was it was they were very, very into it, asking all the questions. And they were like, man, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like you could just see the light bulbs turning on in their heads. And and I and I love that. Um, Black Girl Shoot is for everyone. So don't I don't you know, I don't want people to get shunned away from the name. Um, I've had uh, every, you know, all sorts of race and genders um, come and take a class. Everyone is welcome. Um, I think that I, my primary focus is uh, on Black women um, and uh, having, having a place for them to feel comfortable uh, to come and express themselves and um, participate, but it's not exclusively for that purpose. Okay. So, I mean, you said that you just got started in like 2016. So, not 2016. This 620. So June 20. So this year. So it's still it's still in its infancy. So where where do you see where do you see yourself going with Black Girl Shoe? I know you mentioned like maybe doing like the police academy and um doing things bigger with us. Is it is it, is right. it well, with Black Girl Shoot, I would like us to grow into a gun club, a national gun club, an international gun club, um, you know, doing competitions, sponsoring competitions. Um, just really getting into um, training um, and everything. Uh, my company, uh, Lionheart Tactical, uh, I would definitely look into, I'm looking into starting, you know, a security uh, training, um, going into developing uh, online courses um, as also with the, the police academy portion of it, mm -hmm. definitely kind of put together or skidding with someone even if I just provide, you know, input on being black in 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 a police in policing in a black community, just to provide some kind of content for someone to ask me questions about it, you know. But I definitely would love to see uh, something like that added to the curriculum in a police uh, academy. Whereas maybe there is, but I haven't seen it so far. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, maybe it's, you... it's a shame that we should have to even have a separate uh, uh, curriculum for that. But you, pre you preaching now? <laughs> you almost need to. Yeah, need yeah, yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, it's, it's it's so unfortunate, especially like this year has just been like a doozy. This all of it. You know what I mean? And just to see the. Um, just the, the trigger happiness, just in regards to what's been going on. It's just really, it's, it's sad to see. It, um, it is sad to see, and it's like, it's because people are, they don't understand certain, uh, they don't understand our community and maybe right. our reactions to certain things. I can recall a situation where there was a um, African-American woman who was uh, hit by a struck, she was a pedestrian and struck by a vehicle and um, you know, there was a whole cra uh, crime scene inve investigation, traffic homicide investigation being done. And unfortunately, the body had to remain where it was so that the investigation can be conducted properly. Well, well, the family of this woman took it as disrespect that her body was still left out there. And so mm -hmm. I had you know, they were trying to cross certain boundaries and getting interfering with the crime scene. So I'm here on both sides of it trying to explain to them, listen, this agency is doing everything possible so that they can catch the person that did this. I know that it's, you might think it's disrespectful for her to still be out here, but we need her to remain in place so that they can gather all of the evidence that they need to catch this person. 
Mm. Whereas then I had to go to the agency and say, listen, this family, they're, you know, don't arrest anybody for coming into your crime scene. Please try to understand that they're, this is a, this is dramatic for them, them seeing her out here is not disrespect. So just uh, bringing everybody, uh, being a go between, between both sides, it was important to, you hear that? I'm sorry. I'm all It's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, just being a liaison between the two, you know, it 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 helped because their arrests were getting ready to be made from the family for interfering with the crime scene, and you know they're upset with the agency for leaving the body out there. But then once I was able to explain to both sides, this is what is best for everyone, everything was okay. You know, and something again, it's all about just knowing how to speak to people. Exactly. I mean, that's the most important part. That's it's it's not about what you say; it's how you say it. How you say it? Yeah. How you say it. So so with it seems like you do a lot <laughs> you 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 do a lot you working full time you got black girl shoe you man you're playing super mom like how, how do you balance all this stuff to see you know not only to maintain your your way of living right now with, with your job and your but to see your business also grow to a point where you can maybe say like you know what i'm done with the police department and let me go and do this full time. So how, like, how you been balancing all this stuff for growth? I'm not there yet. One day I hope to be there. Um, my my kids are older now, so that's that's awesome. They're very independent. Uh, so, you know, right now just trying to um, find time and find the financing to do all of this because uh, you know, of course, everything it takes money. You know, I don't want to have to go into any further um, debt or anything, you know, so I just try to do things as I can. That's why I do a lot of things on my own, you know, as far as the website development and social media and, um, and everything like that. So uh, it's, it's, it's an expensive um, uh, to start out with, you know, cause you, you want to make sure you have the firearms that, that people need. Cause not everybody that attends my class owns a firearm and I don't want to feel like they have to. I want them to be able to come use the firearms that I have in place so that they can have an idea of, okay, well, maybe I want to purchase this kind or maybe I want to purchase that kind. Mm. Um, that way they can have an uh, at least experience it before you make that investment. Because, I mean, you're looking at a, you know, right now, a five $600 investment in a firearm. Exactly. You know? And especially right now, a lot of things are have gone up in price because of the demand. So I think I went to one of these sporting goods stores like the rack was clear, like there was nothing there, no bullets, nothing like it was gone. Yes, it's very hard to find ammo right now. Um, again, uh, I had a good a good friend out at uh, Black Lions Gun Club, Oren. Uh, he was selling some ammo, so I was able to stock up uh, with him. But um, right now, it's it's a shortage everywhere, and I don't see that that's going to uh, change anytime soon. Um, I did um, invest in a laser option, um, a, uh, a laser uh, gun. Um, it has a look and feel of a real firearm, like a real trigger pull and everything. So I try to practice with that instead of going through uh, ammo. So when I do have classes, I let people use that. Um, and there's a software system that I have that goes along with it that you can actually see where it hits on your target. So it's very, that's dope. Yeah. It, it definitely helps, especially saving on the cost of ammo. Because again, if I don't have any ammo, I don't have business. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
So, it, you know, we try to conserve where we can and, and but there are other options out there uh, to help you get in, you know, like using this laser uh, gun. So and so with your with your business, um, are you going like from like range to range? Do you have a specific range that you're at or how yeah, does that? I, I, I know the ranges normally have ammo, but is it because they're out? You can't use that ammo either because it's well, you, can, you can buy ammo if they have it. You know, mm-hmm. you can buy it. Um, and, and if I do see that if I go to a range and they might have some ammo, I try to purchase what I can. Uh, you know, I do offer um, ammo with the class that I off that I have uh, use of my firearm and um, rounds to shoot with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like I'm providing a whole box to people because I just you just can't do that. You know, right, right. Um, if I do uh, also highly recommend if the persons are in possession of their own and they own their own firearm, bring it with you, you know, bring the ammo that you're going to be using because, you know, you, you definitely want to train with whatever weapon that you're going to be using. So, um, yeah, it's, okay. but I do go from range to range. I have um, some relationships with uh, local ranges in the area uh, that I have used so far. And uh, right now I'm offering um, the course through Zoom Mm-hmm. And we meet up at the range for our range day. I will probably either next month start doing classes in the Orlando area at an actual location. Hey. Uh, yeah, that will definitely have a lot more hands-on uh, training involved. And, you know, as far in, in really getting into how to load and unload, how to break a weapon all the way down, cleaning a weapon, servicing it, everything like that. Okay, I hear that, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so with the... What has been some of your, you know, your biggest opportunities? I was, I don't want to say failures because I don't think anything's a failure. It's a lesson. So let's say that. What has been some of your biggest lessons while going through this process? Um, I would say definitely being open to change. You know, listening to the people that that, that are uh, ser- coming to you for your service. And, and asking their opinion, like, hey, is there anything else that I could do different? You know, what did you think about this? Uh, that's really important to me uh, because I want people to be comfortable in this kind of an environment, you know. Um, definitely making alliances with people um, and accepting help. I've always been, a, I could do it myself. I could do it myself. And it's like, you know what? Oh, we all no. been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. You know, I, I don't know everything and I have to, to be able to say, hey, yes, I do need some help. Could you help me with this? And um, when I started opening my mouth and asking for help, that's when it seemed like help was coming. It was like, well, yeah, you know, well, this is what you need to do. This is where you should go. This is what you should try. And 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 I appreciate every little everything that anybody that were, you know, piece of nugget of information that they provided to me that's definitely helped me along the way. Um, again, I'm brand new, just starting out June 2020. So uh, it, it's, I have a lot, I have a, a long way to go and I'm here for it, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. So in regards to your lessons, um, like once you started asking the questions and all these things like that, you, you know, there's, there's been a shift. So with that shift, what has been some of your successes throughout this whole process? Um, well, let's see. Having the classes, going from having classes virtually to, uh, again, starting probably next month, having a physical place to actually uh, have the lessons at, you know, due to COVID, um, that wasn't possible because there wasn't a lot of places that were um, opening doors to people, you know, because of COVID. 
Uh, but now that I've um, found a place where that I can have actual class class in person, uh, that's going to really open up a lot of doors because people are actually going to be like, oh, man, well, I'm going to this class and you can come too. Um, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to to starting and having it in person. Hey, that's man, that's man. I'm I'm excited. I'm like I already got mine, but I might just come just to support, man. Yeah, and you know some people have had their concealed permit and they've taken the class and they've come and taken my class and like, man, I just learned so much, so much more. Like the class that I took wasn't really like this and and everything like that. So I've had people that have had a firearms experience still sign up and take the class and have gotten something out of it. So that's so, what, so that's so that's that go, that boils back to our first conversation that we were talking about in regards to like our difference in counterparts. So what have been like the biggest differences that you've heard about from people who've taken it and mm-hmm. took in one class before and come to your class? Like what's, yes, what's been the well, biggest probably, difference between the two? Probably the one on one, the one on one feel of the class. Like when we um, I break down a lot of things. Um, when we're doing classes through Zoom, but when we actually get to the range and actually breaking things down, showing them um, the the handling of the firearm, not just, well, here's the gun, shoot, and you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I really like to walk people through the safety, the, 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 how you, um, your, how you, your grip and, and trigger and, and just sight picture. And I really uh, do a lot of one-on-one training with folks. And I think that that is uh, where I am different from the others just because I, I try to train someone how I want to be trained. I want to break it down for me, break it all the way down. Right. And, <laughs> you know, so that I can understand it. Like I want to be like a newborn baby. That's how you need to, to handle me because this is something serious. This it's dangerous. Somebody, it's dangerous. It could take someone's life. It could take your life if you're not handling the gun properly. You know, this isn't something that you just want to rush on through, you know. And if you don't understand, let me know. We'll go over it again. Absolutely, man. It's, well, that, it's I, that patience. Yeah. Def- oh, I definitely have the patience for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are, are people, I, and I'm going to stop saying people. I mean, just be real. When it comes to us, okay, <laughs> when it comes to us, do do are we more are we more timid than this within your experience? Because I mean, when I've taken people to the range that never been to the range before, it's like, oh my god, like I'm shaking, the thing goes off, and it's like, all right, we're putting this down because I'm done with it. Like, yeah. so I mean, are have you seen us become more? T- are we more timid than? other counterparts than you walk there they'll walk in very timid and they will leave out like a boss like okay. you know, I did it you know i bodied this you know and and i love to see that like people get excited they're like it wasn't as bad as i thought it was it wasn't <laughs> as bad as i thought it was you know and it's like you know when we get to the range i have them watch you know and then we step into the vestibule that you know in between the actual range and the actual waiting area just so you can feel like do you hear the sound do you do you hear it okay we're going to walk in i try to explain it to everyone before we get in there what you're about to experience because it can be very haunting when you're hearing gunshot and gunfire for the very first time right it's loud too it's not it's not like it's not a low sound it's it's right. popping in there it, yeah and it might not be like what you see on tv it's nothing like that. So mm-hmm. and 
maybe next to somebody that has like a 357 Magnum that is going off like a cannon next to you. And you're like, oh, like, it's OK. Like, eventually, when you become accustomed to it, you'll you'll be your ears will become blind to it and you'll you'll be more comfortable. You know, I still jump sometimes when I go in there because sometimes somebody will be shooting something I've never heard before. And I'm like, oh, let loose. <laughs> What is that? You know, and you, you always want to have a great attitude going into the range and, you know, make sure everybody around you is in good spirits because that's not someplace you want somebody to be having a bad day at. <laughs> I, man, who are you telling, man? It's, it's so crazy. <laughs> I, sometimes I'm nervous. I've been looking around like, you know, I hope he's not. I hope he's he all right. Man, he look a little yeah. upset. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> but but what, I, what I have seen in the ranges, um, Everybody's really respectable of of the weapon. Like even when I went for my concealed weapon class, I mean, I was like, like I said, it was like one or two of us in there. But the people that were in there, um, they were they were very helpful. Like they they understood the dynamics of it. Even when I was trying to you know load the clip up for the first time, it was just like, now this is how you do it. Make sure your gun is pointed this way. Make sure it's pointed to the ground. Make sure you hand your finger, your, your finger fingers off the trigger. Like, no, like in that whole process, it's just like they're they're really respectable of the art um, of shooting. So, I mean, it's it's a little like you said, it's a little daunting at first because, I mean, if you didn't grow up in the hood or nothing like that, you never heard no gunshot. And then it's it, it can be kind of, oh, my God. But um, but overall, it's it's a the experience is not as bad as we really make it seem to be. And I think you really have to change that narrative because. I mean, it's a lot of people out here carrying, and if we out here trying to use our fists and trying to use sticks and knives and stuff, still we, as a, as a culture, it can be very difficult for us because we're already behind in so many other aspects yeah. um, of society. So it's like we got to change our mindsets on how we really look at firearms legally, um, yeah. which is the most important part because we a lot of people carry illegally but don't know what that the whole process really looks like. Right. Right. And, you know, I try when I go to the range, you know, if there's someone that I see that might be there by herself, like, you know, just recently there was a young black woman that was there and she had just got there. And within like five minutes, she was ready to go. And I was like, like, do you need some help? You know, and I was like, I can, you know, if you, you want, you can join us and everything like that. And she did. Uh, and um, she was really appreciative of that. And, and that's I could. But within five minutes of her being there, she was ready to go. And it's like, no, sis, like, come on, we, we here, right. come and shoot with us, you know, and we, we're all here, we be here together because she didn't feel comfortable, you know, yeah, she, like, I, watched, I watched her, she was looking around, she was just like, you could tell she was intimidated, like she you knew she had just bought this gun, but she didn't know what to do. You know, and it's like, who are you going to ask? You don't see anybody that looks like you, you don't see anybody that's welcoming, that gives you a welcoming look to go ask. You know, so I approached her and, you know, she was like, yeah, thank you. And she was just very appreciative. We had a good time um, out there. So, um, you know, I would like to see uh, I would like to create a, a space where we are uh, comfortable. Right. I, I just see your business doing so well. Like I'm just it's not even my business, but I'm just like picturing it, like all the different opportunities that are here. Um, because it's open to any suggestions. No, because it's it's so it's so needed. Like I mean, I can even if even if you did like 
little tidbits on your Instagram. I did like little like little clips and videos and like because I feel like in regards to the black community, it's 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 a topic that is so needed. It's a topic that is so needed. And I mean, I feel like with the with the right hashtags to get the videos and stuff out there a movement, I, I think that it's a movement that can truly happen. It is, I like black girls shoot, I feel like it's equivalent to like black girls in tech or black girls that uh that are in coding. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's such a it's such a niche that um that that's never really not seen. It's I mean, not it's, yeah. And I really would like to talk about, you know, we're in Florida, you know, but every state is different. Every state's laws are different, you know, and I want to make sh- I want to become a place where people can, you know, if you live in Virginia or if you live in Illinois or another state that you can come to to get information from my website uh, and, and build it so that it's, it's a go to place for this community, you know, so we can talk about, well, because what we may what we may legally be able to do in Florida, somebody probably can't do in North Carolina. Like right. it's important that we know the laws of the state that we're in, and it's important to know the laws of the state that we might be going to, in if we're carrying in that state. So it's it's definitely I want to be a go to place that people can say, well, I'm traveling to Georgia this weekend. Can I carry there? You know, on my Florida license. Can I? You know, I'm going to Michigan. Can I do this the same way? or something like that. And then also be a, a place where people can come to to find other clubs or uh, ranges that, you know, are welcoming toward to people like us. Cause I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, sometimes I've gone into certain ranges and I've just been not very received well, you mm-hmm. know? And I know it's probably, it's based on the color of my skin and I've left, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm, unfortunately, even if it's, it, even though it's 2020, we do, still get discriminated against in a lot of places but you know once they become comfortable in seeing that we're here to spend our money just like the next person is they're going to have no choice but to uh welcome us into the fold i hear that man this is this is amazing i'm, I'm excited to see what your business is going to do i mean it's the the type of type of moves you've made this within five months is great and you're i mean you're and you're doing a balancing act here so like I just can't wait to see what happens when you get fully engulfed in this thing and the thing takes off into different states. Like I, I see the vision. Like I see it. It ain't my vision, but I see it. And I see my vision. <laughs> my worst enemy sometimes, you know. I, I can be a, a procrastinator. You know, I can, you know, have let things get me down if something doesn't go a way that I thought it might go. And it's like, you know, just trying to stay motivated. You know, hearing people say like yourself saying that I can see this being something great and everything. That that really, I really thank you for that because that gives me some more motivation to keep going and um, and doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, cause it's, it, cause it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. You, and you learn about, you learn a lot about yourself on this journey too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's a little tiring, but it's definitely when you start seeing your end goals and your goals start to be met, I mean, it's just a rewarding and satisfying process. So yeah. like, so where can we find you at, man? I know you said you go, you on the gram and everything goes, so why can we locate you? I'm on Instagram. Um, it's official black girls shoot. Uh, is the Instagram, um, Facebook is the same thing. Uh, Official Black Girl Shoot. Uh, if you type in Black Girl Shoot on Facebook, there is a group, and uh, everyone can visit the website. It's www.blackgirlshoot.org.org. 
Uh, and that's where I will have uh, most of the content as far as uh, class signing up for classes. Uh, there's also some merchandise on the website as well for sale. Um, and again, like I said earlier, it's a it's a living thing. So you might come one day and it looks this way and you might come back the next day and it's changed. But it's just um, what I'm trying to do is take in everyone's uh, uh, feedback and trying to implement it and put it out there for everyone. So, man, yeah, I hear that, man. I Well, I'm excited to see what your business is about to do. If nobody has told you, I'm proud of everything that you've done so far. Um, especially in regards to our community. Like we appreciate you Queen, so, 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 so much. And make sure that you guys check out Black Girl Shoot, man. And let us, let's, let me know how it went. Cause I might end up going to the class myself, but make sure you hit her up. And, but we're going to cut to a commercial break. I'm going to hit y'all with the book of the week. And I'll see y'all in a minute, dude. Man, listen, I'm a pharmacist and I st- Still don't know how insurance works. But when I do have questions, I always hit up Appealing for Your Rx. They're a Central Florida company that provides education on maximizing your healthcare benefits while also lowering your out of pocket costs. So hit them up at www.deannacarolsmith.com and use the code name 10 Toes Down and you might get a discount. Once again, that's www.deannacarolsmith.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So the book of the week this week is called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. This book is definitely recommended. I've even done this five second rule um, concept in a lot of different things in my life in regards to entrepreneurship, lifestyle, people. And I did a little experiment with each aspect and it like it works. It's like a real thing. Like it's crazy how well it works. Um, this regards to overriding what your brain is trying to do in order to keep you in balance, man. The book highlights a lot of different stories from people who are actually using the five second rule and different scenarios that people are in to make decisions based off what they truly want without procrastination. Phenomenal book. You guys already know what I'm on already. Audible. Holla at me. So I can get you on this podcast, brother. But yo, it's almost the end of the year, y'all. So make sure y'all getting y'all plans right. So when the first of the year starts rolling out, you can start rolling out these different concepts. Mind you, I did not say wait to the beginning of the year to start planning. Plan now so we can start rolling these things out. I'm behind y'all 100%. But make sure y'all kick this week's ass. It deserves it. And remember, man, you got 10 toes down. You got another chance to get this right. I'll see y'all next week, man. Peace.